0: All right. Thank you, Brother Kevin. Appreciate that so very much. Our text, Psalms chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22. And what I believe the Lord would have me to do is that um, this is the third one in this series and try to continue this series up to Easter because Psalms 22 is what leads us up to Easter. Okay. You had the birth of Christ in December that we celebrate, but you have a life of Christ Who did no sin, knew no sin, and became the perfect sacrifice for us, the Lamb of God. In this study of Psalms 22, I have wanted you to look at that, and, and please keep this in your mind. We as people are human beings, okay, we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. We were created in God's image. And so being created in God's image, God is the Spirit, the Bible tells us. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Thy word is truth. But as we look back, the Spirit is the seat of our intellect, our major contemplations, you might say, of life. It's in the depths of the Spirit one decides about things of Perhaps a family, of marriage, of so many other things in life. It's in the spirit of receiving Christ. He gave his Holy Spirit to those who receive Christ. The soul is the seat of our emotions. Sometimes in the Bible you'll see heart will refer to the word heart will refer to the spirit. Other times it'll refer to the soul. It was How do I determine that? I look at the context and it will show you what it is but nonetheless, it's the seat of our emotions seems to be the soul. And then the body, the flesh, and these interact. For an example, when the uh, body is hungry, then the soul has emotions that says, I need something to eat, I need something to drink, I need to whatever. Sometimes the body, has terrible things. An alcoholic will desire more drink, and a drug addict, more drugs. And so the body starts going through things and the soul has a desire now and starts to tell the body, get this, get that. And there's a spirit that's fighting, saying, no, this really isn't right. Sometimes they quench their own spirit. Because the spirit that we have is separated from God, it's depraved until we receive Christ as Savior, but we still have that old nature within us. So, having said all of that, I want you to know that Jesus Christ, just like Adam, was created. But Jesus, Adam was created of the dust of the ground, Jesus was created inside the womb of Mary, as God the Holy Spirit moved upon her, And began to form that baby over a nine-month period. He's called the seed of the woman because there was no seed of any human man that would do that for her. So, formed of God the Father, as the Spirit of God came upon her. But, every bit human. He's 100% God, yes, but he's also 100% Jesus Christ is 100% human. A human body, and by the way, after he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, one of the sacrifices that he made that's an eternal sacrifice is that he would keep himself confined to a human body. He was always spirit in the past. God the Son, yea, even as a son in eternity past, he was spirit. So we have Jesus this way, a human that can feel the things, the fear, all the things, the love and other things that your spirit, my spirit can feel. The emotions that you and I could feel as our soul would feel. So understand when he's on the cross that all these things are there with him. Now a lot of people right now are going through things. We've had folks that have gone to be with the Lord in the past A few months, we've had others that uh, have gone through all kinds of things in their life. There's some have gone through some things that I could not share with you. And a lot of times, we say, well, hang in there, brother. Hang in there. Hang in there. Uh, I was walking. I'm not sure. I think it was at Pensacola Christian College. I was walking through the halls there, and they were having some kind of thing going on. And I believe it was Francie Taylor. Now, you ladies are more familiar with Francie Taylor than the men are. But I figured it's a ladies' meeting. So I said, what in the world ladies' meeting about? I'll just stand outside here and try to listen in and let them not know that I'm there. You know, you're you're just trying to be sneaky about it. See what goes on ladies' meeting. But she was relating then to the story of, of her mother. She said, my dad had just died. Things were bad. Just seemed like everything was caving in. And she's an adult, but she goes to look after her mother. And she comes by the house and she sees her out there hanging clothes on the clothesline in the backyard. And, and she goes, says, and they talked for a few minutes. She says, Well, Mom, Mama, just hang in there. She said, No. Hanging is what clothes do on a line. I'm not hanging in anywhere. I'm standing on the promises of God. Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. He despised the shame of it. He's hanging naked there. He's being mocked, he's being spat upon, he's bleeding. He despised the shame. but for the joy set before him. How could saving my soul bring him joy? But it does. It brings joy to him to save any lost soul. And he will if they'll turn to him. But understand while he's on the cross, he's feeling every emotion that you or I could ever feel in fear, fear, of not wanting to go through. Remember, he prayed in the garden. Oh, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. So with that background, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Fathers, we start to delve into this text once again. May we see the humanity of Christ, but his love Let us see the love of God, that it's His only Son, and yet willingly giving Him for us, the love of God. It is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. So, Father, I pray that as we delve into this message today, Lord, I can't explain it, but you can. So I pray that you would just get that clear to each and every heart. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, looking again in verse 1. Here's Jesus. He's hanging on the cross. This is a thousand years before he's born. (laughs) That's what I like about this 22nd chapter of Psalms. It's giving specific things that happened at Calvary over a thousand years before it actually happens. That's amazing. But God is omniscient. He knows the end from the beginning. So he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, oh, he's in such pain. Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am not silent. I shared with you last time from Proverbs chapter 23, verses 8 through 10. Now, I want to do that again just so that we get the idea of what he's feeling in his his emotion, in his soul, in his body, in his spirit. Job says, Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doeth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Now you think of that. Have you been there? You pray, you pray. I mean, it's, it's just really on your heart. Jesus said, and uh, the Bible says, and of course Christ is the author of it, so he said in, Psalm 62, I believe it's verse 8, if I remember correctly. Pour out your heart. He is a refuge for us. You pay all the money you want to to a psychologist, but there's only one true counselor. And and you pour out your heart to him. But because he's the all-knowing counselor, because he's the all-knowing God, sometimes, just like with Job, he doesn't give you an answer. He doesn't fulfill the request. I'm so glad that some things that were so very important to me at one time did not happen, that I prayed for earnestly. I've had things that God did answer. There's other things I just felt like, what kind of a Christian am I? Here, I can pray about this things, nothing happens. I remember Brother Terry Potter, his wife, was laying in the hospital with cancer, dying my mother was in the other in the same hospital in another room. It's my mother. I went in, and I prayed for her with all my heart for God to heal her and raise her up. That meant so much to me. And then I walked down to the next room and prayed for Mrs. Potter Shelby. And I prayed Seriously, from my heart. But I think the depths of my emotion and spirit would probably, you'd say, was more for your mother. God answered the prayer about Shelby. And she lived close to another 20 years. My mother would pass away in six months. It would have been better if she'd passed away in two months or earlier for her. And so, for those 20 years that Shelby got to live, the most blessed was my mother. My prayer didn't get answered, but she was with the Lord that whole 20 years. But I'm just saying is that sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want it. That's because he's almighty. But you know what we find in verse 10 of that same chapter? Job saying, I "Just I'm I pouring out my heart, nothing's happening. But then he says, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Our tendency is to pray, Lord, heal me. Lord, protect me. Lord, do this. But you see, then nevertheless not my will but thine be done. That's the gold. The best is yet to come. Now you continue here. Here he is. He he said that he prays unto him night and day and night season, but he's silent and all these things of that nature. God won't hear me. And then it gets to the next verse in our text. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Oh, yes, our God is so holy. And we think about it Jesus was a perfect sacrifice. I would never qualify as a sacrifice. Far from perfect, there's no human on the face of this earth that would qualify as a perfect sacrifice for the sin of mankind. We all fall short of the glory of God. But He was there, as First Peter two twenty four says, who Himself bare our sins on the body, in His body on the tree. That we, being dead to sin, might live unto righteousness. He had a purpose in saving us that we might live unto righteousness, have fellowship with God, and by His stripes ye were healed. He endured the cross, despising the shame. We think of the shame being just there, He is, He's hanging naked, He's fat upon. They're mocking Him. They're saying all these things about Him. But guess what? As the song says, when He was on the cross, I was on His mind. Why? Because my sin was upon Him. My transgressions was upon Him. My evil deeds were upon Him. Everything about me that has sinned, that I've sinned, I've done, everything is there upon Him. He knows me, there's nothing hid from Him. Oh, the shame. The shame. And it's my sin. But he loves me. He loves me. And so we read further. And he says in verse 3, uh, but thou art holy and inhabit and, and, and the praises of Israel, then going on. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them, and all of this is what they're telling him. And thou didst deliver them. Don't miss that, because that's running over. Satan is running that over before Jesus. Here he is, the perfect lamb of God. But all these fathers of Israel, what would happen in the history of Israel? Sin. War. Punishment. Call on God and he delivers. Once they say they're doing all right, then they go back to sin again. Over and over and over and over again. Again. He says, you delivered them. They trusted in you. And they were not confounded. They were not confounded. Now, having seen that, here's the verse I want you to really get is verse 6. But I am a worm. And no man. A reproach of men. Hey, he trusted in God. Let his God deliver him now. He says, despised of the people. Despised of the people. But that term, I am a worm. You know, it was a great humbling of Jesus Christ, God the Son, who dwelt in eternity past. Without Him was not anything made that was made, the Bible tells us clearly. Not anything was made without Him. Humbling Himself to take on humanity, to become a human Himself, It was decided in the councils of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, before the world began, that he might provide a way of salvation for all men. For he is the propitiation for our sins, not just for a certain number of people's sins. He says he's a propitiation for our sins, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. You know what the whole world means? The whole world, everybody that's ever lived. He paid the penalty, but if they don't receive it, it doesn't go to their account. I'm accepted in Jesus Christ, not in my goodness. Because he is holy. So he humbled himself to become a man. But here he says, but I am a worm. Let me share a Bible verse with you. It'll show you what that means. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 21, you may hear it. Each year around Mother's Day. The 31st chapter of Proverbs is called the godly mother chapter. What every lady should desire to be is a mother. But in verse 21 it says, she is not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed in scarlet. Not afraid of the snow because there's clothing scarlet. You know, when first time I went through that uh, chapter to try to preach from it, what in the world does that mean? And most whatever I read say, well, because it says snow, it refers to double garments. That made sense. They had double garments on in the snow. Yeah, clothed real well, so she's not afraid for her household. And I think I probably even preached that. But then one day, just realizing it, I want to look and see if I had to delve in this further. Sometimes the Lord doesn't give you peace about something. You've got to see why. So, digging into that, I found out that the Hebrew words that were used there, and listen, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, not even started to, so that's not me. But I can look up what an an original word was in Hebrew and see what the lexicon says about it. Nowhere, nowhere in the Hebrew Old Testament is that translated double garments. So what does that mean? What does it mean? Well, in that day as you study the history and customs of the time, there was a snail. Matter of fact, back in the cabinet in the back there. There's probably a shell of one of those snails because I found that one of the times I was in Israel. But they would take it and they would crush the blood out of it. And somehow they would make it into a dye. Matter of fact, the high priestly garments, the purple, the blues were made, determined by whether it stayed in the light long enough or whether it was always in the darkness would distinguish the colors. A lamb's wool shaved off and then woven into clothing and then dyed with this dye. Not everybody had that, as usually associated with royalty. Royalty would wear. Those kind of clothes. This lady makes it so that it's thick, it's double. It's 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 very thick. It's wool. It can be trusted in the snow. What about snow? Well, it's cold. When a body dies, it lays there for a little while, it touched many bodies. What do you feel? Cold. Oh, there's an application. Jesus Christ is a worm. He became so low, yet he never sinned one time. And the blood that flowed from Calvary's mouth was as the snail dipped in the Lamb of God's Precious wool. And when I receive Christ, I am clothed in that wool, that garment, so that I'm, as Ephesians 1, 6 says, accepted in the beloved. What happens? He saves my soul. The day I come to Him in repentance and faith, he said, oh, you mean repentance? You, you stop doing this, you stop doing that, you stop doing it. and then if you're good enough, he, he say, oh, no. I come to him and say, Lord, I can't even quit that sin. I've tried. <laughs> even the Apostle Paul, after his salvation, says, the good I would do, I end up not doing it. And the bad I wouldn't do, I end up doing it. A oh, whole wretched man that I am. He realized that by the Spirit, he served the Lord. But boy, that flesh was still there. That old nature was still there. But you see, the wages of sin is death. That's final, complete separation from God forever in the lake of fire. That's what death is. It's, it's, the word death means to separate. At death, this body, our spirit will separate from this, bo- this body. That's what will happen. It will separate from this body when we die. That's death. That's separation. When Adam sinned, Adam was made without sin, but he chose to sin. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet he did not sin. That's the difference. He's the last Adam. The first one, well, he could not do what the second one did, because the second one, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, is a life-giving spirit. Covering us from the cold of death that sends to an eternal lake of fire that never ceases to exist, and one cannot pass from it. He paid the penalty. I come to him to take away my sin, to give him my heart and life. The Bible likens it to the vow that you make in marriage, only it's stronger than the vow of marriage. Love, honor, and cherish till death do us part, we say. He's loved me as wicked and as vile as I can be at times. He still loves me. I'm his. Sometimes he chastens his own. Sometimes he scourges his own. But he loves us. The day you receive him, you can sing, now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Yes, he humbled himself. I am a worm. A reproach of men. But for the joy that was set before him. What did he go through in the cross? Let me just share a few verses with you. In Isaiah 52, in verse 14, he says, As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred, more than any man. His face, his, his body was so messed up, bleeding, that nobody could even look at him. It's hardly without getting sick at the stomach. He says, and his form, more than the sons of men was, that his entire body. In chapter 52, he says, He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. And by the way, this is written 700 years before the cross, talking about Christ. And it's acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. We wouldn't even look. We hid from him. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Hey. He fed multitudes. He raised dead people. He healed people that could not be healed, they said. Lepers. He forgave harlots. Murderers. Where are they? When Jesus is hanging on the cross. And they esteem him not. Surely. He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. Not just talking about the body, but his very spirit. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All my sin. My sin. He with my sin. When we go to Israel, we go into Herod's palace, which is the actual palace where they would use the whip. Usually read this, and I have a hard time getting through it, and most times I don't make it all the way through. Because I realize my sin is upon him. He he sees it. He could have called 12 legions of angels. But he doesn't. He could have called just the Father to loosen these nails and I'll come down. He could have come off by himself. But he wanted to pay my penalty. Another verse our evangelist shared with us passage, which you've heard me share at times. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, that leaves all of us out unless we have a Savior who stands in force. Be not deceived, neither fornicators. Now, we live in a day when people think it's all right to move in and live together without marriage that is as filthy as homosexuality, murder or any other sin that you can think of in god's sight. teenage boys and girls, you go out, date, you get somewhere and you have a sexual union, that is that is fornication in god's sight. that is evil, that is rotten, that is no good. And so he says, neither fornicators. By the way, fornicator comes from the Greek word pornea, which means sexual sin of any kind. The marriage bed is undefiled, but that's the only one where it's undefiled. I've heard people say, well, I've been married before, so it's all right. No, that's filthy. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, those that Cheat on their mates. Idolaters are those that really worship things and put things before God. The adulterers, well, I got away with it, so it's all right, is the thought. I won't tell my husband, I won't tell my wife about that. (laughs) If you're saved and you did that, let me tell you something. You don't make it right with that spouse. 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says that uh, the hidden things of darkness will be revealed. Then your children everybody else sees it. Make it right with people now and avoid that. Nor the effeminate, that's the homosexual, nor the abusers of themselves with mankind, those are those guilty of any type of sexual uh, sin, those that abuse children, those that abuse all kinds. Nor, we find, drunkards. Nor revelers, that's the social drinking party in crowd. Nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. All of that was on Jesus Christ. That's what he was paying for. He despised the shame. No wonder he cries in his humanity, my God. I'm a worm. And after listing these things in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, and such were some of you. Oh, oh, wait a minute, you mean that murderer? You mean that, that adulterer, that, 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 that harlot, that, 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 that homo... Yeah, such were God can save them and take it from them. Most of them can't take it from themselves. They've got to turn to God and give their lives totally to him let him be the head. But the Lord will do it. He says, but ye are washed. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ you're cleansed from your sin. But ye are sanctified. Not only, no matter how vile we have been in our past, ye are sanctified, you're set apart for Christ's use to glorify him. And ye are justified. Why? Because Jesus paid at my place, and I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in Him. And by the Spirit of God, because reading Romans 8 9, that the Spirit itself, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Oh, that comes through receiving Christ. I'm doing the best I can. That'll just get you into hell faster than anything will. You've got to admit, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And Jesus Christ is that Savior. And so he said there in verse 6, But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. He, who knew no sin, became sin for me. That I might have eternal life. That you might have eternal life. For whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. There are people that don't believe that, but God said it. Now, I'm not going to call God a liar. I'm not going to start. Jesus said, him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. But one second after the rapture or one second after death, it's too late. Oh, my friend, if you're not sure if you died today that heaven's your home, oh, please make heaven your home. By coming to Jesus Christ just as you are, he will save you. He'll save you now. Won't you come to him? Let's bow our heads, please.